Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Waddle and Sylvie, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good karma brand's radio station. Hope your Thursday is going well. Beautiful day. I always like to say this, like when it's February 1st or early February and we get a a 50-some degree day like this. We'll be warmer today or on opening day? Today. I think so. I I, I think so. What is the average temperature on opening day the last 10 years? Probably like in the 40s, in the low 40s. You know, every now and then we'll get a pop where it will be in the 60s. And then, like, the next day, we'll go back down into the 40s. But has there been any uh, rally cries for shortening the season anytime recently? I saw, no, I saw, who was the third baseman that plays for the Angels? Rendon? Who's never healthy? Right, yeah. He's on the team. He doesn't play. But isn't he, I, I saw, like, recently, like, I think, hasn't there been, has there been kind of a little bit of a groundswell? from whatever direction, maybe, to pare back the season. It's not going to happen because of financial reasons. But I thought it was interesting. I think it's a good point because he's always hurt that, you know, he's not going to play 162 anyway. But interesting. The guy who plays, like, 80 games to begin with yeah. wants a season shortened. He, he may be the, the – he may have – makes the most money per game played of anyone in the league based on games played and his yeah. contract. Yeah. Since he signed that deal, he's played 52 – 58, 47, and 43. Yeah. Let's shorten the season. He, well, he has shortened the season. He did it on his own. He's not calling for it. He's just doing it. He's doing it on his own. Took the uh, took this initiative into his own hands. Mm. Uh, it's 312-332-3776. Don't forget, uh, as we just uh, kick this show off right now, we kicked it off with Carmen and Yurko, cross-talking with them at 230 we are now on from 2.30 to 6.30. We cross-talk with Carmen and Yurko for a full half hour. We usually cross-talk with Black and Abdallah at 6.15, but today we have Bears Weekly, so we'll cross-talk with Joniak then. Um, but uh, well, more of an information and fun uh, uh, segment with Joniak since he's at the Senior Bowl. A lot of stuff coming out of Senior Bowl the last couple of days, if you uh, follow Different like guys. What? Like what? Well, just reports on different players. And, you know, there's also kind of this feeling from reading different people that there seems to be a consensus building with regard to how people feel about what the Bears are going to do in the upcoming draft. That it's going to be Caleb Williams and they're going to make that selection. Whether or not that is exactly what's being talked about, that's what seems to be emanating from the Senior Bowl via social, some social media sites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot can change, uh, just like the weather, as we started talking about. But, but yes, um, it, there seems to be a consensus, too, starting with a lot of the people who we trust with, with some of the reporting. And again, it is very early. You got to go through all the way. The, the, the combine hasn't even happened. Right. The pro days haven't happened. These these one-on-one meetings haven't happened. So there's a lot to dive into. And remember, um, for those who forgot, and I wrote a little about it today in my column for Shaw Media, C.J. Stroud at one point was the betting favorite to be taken number one. That's that cognitive test uh, after the, he scored an 18% on that. Um, 
he fell because of that, and that's when Bryce Young took it over. I know a lot of people always thought Bryce Young would go one, but for a while it was C.J. Stroud as the betting favorite to be taken number one. A lot can change. We go through these media cycles on what's coming out of there. There's a lot of gossip, and that's sort of what I wrote about, and I'll read you some of the responses, the trigger tweets, um, as, as we call it. But, but for instance, Brad Biggs a couple of days ago, we told you about this. And, and Biggs, again, was all over Matt Eberflus coming back. He knows a thing or two on this thing, on, on this team. He, he said in his mailbag the other day, the way it's looking now is the Bears are going to take a quarterback at number one. Adam Johns, who is the first that we can remember saying that Matt Eberflus would return months ago, um, told us yesterday on the show that he is expecting the Bears to take a quarterback at number one. Uh, my guy Jeff Hughes at the Bears blog, who has broken many, many stories, has many sources inside that building. He, while they were all gathering, um, remember, and, and people were wondering, oh, what are they thinking inside Hallis Hall in those couple of like about a 48 hour span after the season and no news was coming out. Uh, Jeff Hughes was reporting on Twitter. He goes, Eberflus is staying. Here's what's going to happen. They're going to let go of Getze. Eberflus will stay. They'll reboot the uh, offensive uh, coaching staff. And that's exactly what happened. That's what happened. Um, So, and he's gotten a lot of these stories correct. Here's what he tweeted today. He said, on uh, February 1st, 2024, I think dot, 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 the Bears will take Caleb Williams with the first pick. And so does the league. And that's what you alluded to, Waddle. There will be a market for Justin Fields. And a trade should net the Bears a second rounder. Not trading out of the top pick doesn't guarantee the Bears trade nine they love the wide receivers. Yeah, I, uh, th- that's been a conversation that I think a lot of people have had. That I'm not. I, I'm on the other side of it. I'm not looking like. Let's say they draft Caleb Williams at one. I've heard people. That, and we kind of briefly talked about this the other day too. Would they package stuff to move up maybe to to three or four to try and draft Marvin Harris? I'm I'm, I'm not in for that. Like I have all the respect in the world for Marvin Harrison Jr. But I'm not giving up any draft currency. I'll stay at nine and draft Malik Neighbors or Adunze if he's available there. There's a kid at Florida State. What we have found out over the course of time is you can find difference-making wide receivers throughout the back half of the first round or into the second round or even into the third or fourth round. So I'm not, I'm not looking to move up the way that Houston did last year to take Will. Was it Will Anderson as the pass rusher? Yes. I'm not gonna, I, I'm not a, I wouldn't be a fan of doing that. All things considered. Nate, Nate Tice, who does a lot of stuff covering the NFL, and he does stuff um, as well with um, Robert Mays for The Athletic in his, on his podcast. He came out with something. Is this on Yahoo? Is this where this was? Yeah, this is on Yahoo. This is on Yahoo. He's the first that I've seen. I, maybe you guys have seen this. He's the first in a, in the, in a mock draft this early to have the Bears at number one draft Drake May. I've not seen that either. So, and this is this is on his big board why he has Drake May number one and not Caleb Williams. So, like a lot of people have wondered, a lot of people have called, a lot of we even had a guy call yesterday. Doesn't like uh, 
Caleb Williams gripping the way he grips the football. I don't think his hands are big enough. Yeah, there's like a lot of like weird stuff going around. The, the crying has gotten a lot of traction with Caleb Williams. Um, this is what he wrote about Drake May. He said, I had a more in-depth uh, breakdown of May and why he's my number one player for this year's NFL draft in my past mock. Here's the abbreviated version. May is the Lex Luger-esque total package at quarterback. He's a blend of size, athleticism, and arm talent paired with an aggressive mindset. He is a clean path to elitum. As is, that a th- is that yeah, elite elitum? Uh, as a thrower, May's all, May already shows a deep toolbox. He can drive or layer throws over the middle, win over the top, and place the ball consistently on underneath routes. He consistently creates and extend plays with athleticism as a scrambler or ad-libber and generates positive or at least neutral outcomes when the play was set up for something negative. There are still a few months of the draft process to go and may can still work on aspects to his game, like more consistently stepping up in the pocket and cooling down some of the heat check moments. He has already improved upon both of those things as just a red shirt. Sophomore may has me currently stacking him as one of the best quarterback prospects. I recently scouted. He had less to work with this year. I believe his top receiver from the year before is now a slot receiver with the Colts. And I believe there's a kid named Tez Watkins or something Tez like Walker, yeah. Tez Walker, who wasn't el- eligible, was he, early yeah, he in the was, season? He was academically ineligible. Right. And then it looked like he was going to miss the whole season. And but then, then all they sudden, reversed course, the yes. NCAA did. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't believe Nate's got... Caleb Williams is two either. I think he's got Marvin Harrison Jr. after him. Yes, he does. And then maybe somebody Brock else. Bowers three yes. on his and, big board. And then he's got Caleb Williams four. And that's just him rating the players. Right. Not where he thinks they're going, I don't think, right? Because he, he had both. He had a big board and he had a mock. Right. I can't imagine he thinks that Brock Bowers is going to the Patriots at three. He does have Caleb Williams going two, but he has Caleb Williams on his big board as far as ranking players. Right. Fourth. Right. So he has Caleb Williams going two to his hometown team of the Commanders, who, by the way, um, he t- uh, they took Quinn today. Is Dan there. Quinn is Dan now Quinn. Their, their new head coach, which means there is a defensive coordinator spot that is open in Dallas. And as we were talking about earlier in the week, our buddy Ron Rivera had been mentioned as a potential candidate if, in fact, Dan Quinn moved on to become a head coach. So. Keep an eye and see if Ronnie is, is a name that surfaces in Dallas. So three one two three three two three seven seven six. I I've I've been telling you about this column that I, I came out with today on Shaw Media. If you want to read it, I pinned it um, to my profile. If you listen to the show, you've heard some of the nuggets that I put on this. Again, I don't. I I still don't know if Caleb Williams is the guy. Because there's so much time, because I want to learn more, because I want to hear, I want to hear about the pro day. I want to hear about some of the interviews. Um, I am not telling you that it's Caleb Williams or bust for the Chicago Bears. And I'm not a scout. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm not the guy. I have listened to what a lot of the people have to say, and I am processing it. If you've listened to the show, yeah, I've, I've certainly leaned towards uh, me believing that it's time to move off of Justin Fields. If he checks out Caleb Williams with all of your investigation and all that work, 
the thought is, is that's where they're going. Right. And, but I'm like you where if Ryan Pohl says, I don't feel comfortable taking a quarterback and I love the haul that I'm getting and I believe that we can fix Justin Fields with our new offensive staff. Um, then I, I'm fine with like uh, I'm not going to yell and scream and kick and say that the Bears effed up. Like in the in the grand scheme of things, I want them obviously to get it right. Yeah, it's hindsight, but that's what this process is all about. But I, I'm I'm sort of in the trust camp right now. Um, so like what I wrote today was about the gossip and about how in past years Dan Orlovsky said that Justin Fields is the a last guy in, first guy out. If you remember this from three years ago, we played the bite a few days ago. He said that on the McAfee show three years ago, that that's what draft evaluators were telling him. He went on ESPN to say that, or wherever the McAfee show was at that time, and it went viral. He later had to apologize for that. But again, he, he muddied the waters on Justin Fields. What did we learn about Fields? We learned that, no, that's... A, completely untrue about Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a great leader. Justin Fields is a hard worker. Justin Fields does want to be great. But the gossip with Dan Orlovsky, who is an, he is an NFL expert, went on a major show, and he said that before the NFL draft. You know, Bill Polian about Lamar Jackson should be a wide receiver. He, he you know, he's a Hall of Fame guy. But yet he still said that. We talked about the, the test that, that lowered C.J. Stroud. Um, and, and what test did he pass this year? He, he passed the NFL <laughs> test with flying colors. These are the gossip things that you're hearing. And now we have callers calling in about the crying and about um, what kind of a guy he is and about painting his nails. So all I tweeted, I wrote the column about that. Just don't believe everything you hear about Caleb Williams. This wasn't about Caleb Williams is the man. You must take Caleb Williams. You must punt from Justin Fields. That's not what the column was about. And I tweeted this headline on, the, on my Twitter today. Don't believe everything you hear about Caleb Williams. The draft gossip is getting crazy. And it actually happened to Justin Fields three years ago. My latest column for Shaw Local News and Bears Insider. Subscribe and read. You should see some oh, of the I responses imagine. I got. I can only imagine. Like, was there anything in there that tells you anything other than what I just just said? My guess is is ninety percent of the people that are responding in a triggered fashion didn't read the article. That'd be my guess. I'm, that's just an unscientific guess. That people didn't even read the article. In fact, I, I mean, if that's the headline, then they misinterpreted the headline, which I don't know how you would. Like, like what does even the headline say? It just says, don't believe everything you hear about Caleb Williams. And, and that could be interpreted with the great, too. It could be, like, if you're hearing the generational stuff, how are we to believe who's generational at this point and who's not? Like, you could interpret it in both ways. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why that would lead anybody to to get emotional about anything. Jonathan David, stop overhyping this kid. He has flaws in his game. Triggered tweet. His game. I want to know. Have asked John, Jonathan. Did I, you read the article? I, I wrote. I, I tweeted back. I wrote. Read period the period column. Did period. he respond? I, I'm not sure. And Jonathan's usually a good dude too. 
Um, Hamid B. wrote, his game works on the college level. It will not work on the pro level. Um, he is not fast or strong for the NFL. He will be a serviceable quarterback at best. Signed, Size matters. Signed. Who signed that? Uh, Hamid B. Okay. Um, let's see some of these other ones. He's got a long history of scouting in the league, right? Is that part of his, is that a part of his profile? Here's, here's one of my favorite ones. Renee, Renee Torres. You're setting this kid up for high expectations. He better be a top three quarterback and win at least one Super Bowl with only a couple receivers and a bad offensive line. I will never get over getting a haul of, to fix multiple holes if Caleb doesn't deliver. Become absurd. Oh, Scotty tweets. Oh, Scotty? Oh, Scotty. Oh, Scotty. O-H-H, Scotty. Oh, Scotty. Y'all setting this kid up for failure with the face palm emoji. Face, yeah, that's the the face palm, face plant. Yeah. Is that what that's called? I think so. Like, how in the world could you do that? I can't believe you're doing that. Call sign Swamp Thing. Yeah, the pro-Caleb propaganda is getting out of control. I don't know how, again, I would ask all those people, did they even read the article? That, like, this is how triggered, like, again, I can't stress this enough. This should be leading into a draft the most fun time Bears fans have ever had leading into a draft. The Bears own the number one pick, which they did not earn. No. And they, didn't, they, they weren't the worst team. I'm meaning they weren't the worst team in the league. The general manager of the Bears pulled off one of the top trades in Chicago sports history to get the number one overall pick. The arrow is pointing up with this roster. You have this like free ticket for the number one pick with your own ninth overall pick. And we should be like doing the happy dance over, hey, look at all these great possibilities. And all anyone wants to do is fight about this. Don't you know everyone's a draft expert? Everyone's got access to all this video. They know exactly what they're looking at. How dare you? How dare you? This is an interesting one. Conquest tweets, due to the field's cult, Caleb should notify polls not to draft him. With all the pre-existing hatred... He is set up to fail and be hated no matter what he does. These people rather see him fail than the Bears succeed. Other quarterbacks should do the same thing. Band together. I would tell Caleb Williams to follow Ryan Poles' example. If you're going through this process right now, just eliminate social media. Like Ryan Poles said, look, I'm getting rid of my Twitter till after the draft because... I trust a handful of people. I've got a really close net knit group that I trust implicitly. I don't think any of the guys you just referenced right there are probably going to sway the the decision of the Bears general manager or of any of the, the, the quarterbacks that are out there right now. I don't think you're going to influence how they feel about things either. I think if you have a chance to be the first overall selection in the NFL, more times than not, you're going to you run to the podium and hug the commissioner. When your name's announced, especially when the Bears are not a two and 15 team, like the arrow in a lot of ways is pointing in the right direction, which doesn't usually happen for the first pick of the draft. So 
People are crazy. Isn't it more information, more better? Don't you just so. want to wait and just find out more about Caleb Williams this is why as I, a Bears fan? I think, or Drake May of or, or Jaden Daniels, whoever? This is why I felt that the Bears did a really nice job when they went through the process of trying to hire their offensive coordinator. They brought in a ton of guys. They, they acquired information. They asked a lot of questions. They talked to guys who have different strengths and different backgrounds and ultimately decided on Shane Waldron. And then they were very fortunate. One of the other guys that they interviewed for the offensive coordinator job decided to join them as their passing game coordinator. So, like, yeah, I think that the, the, the process that the Bears followed over the last two weeks was, was enviable, I would think. Three one two three three two three seven seven six. If you want to react, I don't get it. I mean, if you're one of the people who who get triggered over something like that, I'd love to hear from you. Or even if you're not, would love to hear from you as well. I've never, I've never. I, and, I, and again, I preface the column by saying, I love the passion of this town. I love the loyalty of this town, and the people who do support Fields are showing a huge amount of loyalty. But, like, I've never seen it quite like this. At the end of the day, I would think that everyone's pulling on the same end of the rope. And that end of the rope is you are looking for the guy that can take you where you've never been before from a quarterbacking position. And if they can find that guy up at Hallis Hall, whether he's in your building already or he's on the campus of some other college at the moment, I would think we would all be on the same page. Yeah. That we want our guy to find that guy to, that can take us somewhere where we haven't been in a very, 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 very long time. And, and have never been with that position. Greg and Tinley, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Greg? How you guys doing? We're good. I really love your show. After you read what you read, Sylvie, about the Caleb Williams and Drake May, I had a thought. And that's that um, Ryan Poles is going to want to do the best for the Bears, but he's also going to cover his own job. So my thought is, why not have the best of both worlds? Why not go to Washington, who has the most draft capital in the draft, and say, look, you want Caleb Williams? He's from Maryland. You want him? He'll put people in the seats. We'll trade down from one to two and take one of their twos and one of their threes because they have all these picks, and then draft Drake May. He may. You've done both. You brought in the new quarterback. You got some draft capital for the pick without trading the pick away completely. But you don't do that unless you're sold on Drake May right. being the best quarterback in this draft because you're not going to find yourself, Greg, in this spot again. Hopefully for a long, 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 long time. So if you're if you're not in love with Caleb Williams as a as a potential quarterback for your franchise, then fine. If you're convinced that Caleb Williams is the best quarterback in the draft then I wouldn't trade out of that spot. I'd, I'd draft him. Same way that, that, Greg, if they decide that, that Drake May is the best quarterback, then they should draft Drake May. I mean, there's no reason well, to can, settle. But, Tom, they can do that at number two but they, and still give people what they want, a new quarterback but, instead of Justin Fields, and they can give, get some draft But you're not getting the quarterback it. that you're asking for that you want then. What if, if How you, do you know you don't want him? Well, I don't. This is my point. If, in fact, Drake May is your guy, just I mean, and you think that you can make that trade, buyer beware, because if for whatever reason, you know, that you make that deal and Drake May's drafted first overall – you got to be willing to live with the consequences. My point to you is, is if you're sold on one guy, draft him. Just draft him. You've got the first pick in the draft. Well, I agree with that, but there's no way to know anybody. Well, anybody that gets drafted is going to be okay. the person. You can do all the analytics you want. This way you'd be given, I'm saying from Ryan Poles' standpoint, 
keep his job and keep Bear Nation happy, well, he would be doing a little bit Greg, of both what if, as what opposed if, to just saying but, this guy. But what if what if Ryan Poles believes that Caleb Williams is that guy? You're telling me he should pass on drafting him and trade that pick just to bolster well, his roster and then take a guy who he didn't think was the best quarterback in the draft? Well, no, I'm not saying to do that, but I'm not saying that, that you can be sure either way which one of them well, is going to be the look, guy. I'm not sure I'm not going to get in an accident on the way home oh, no, tonight, right? Don't you say well, that. I'm just not. saying. Well, of course. I hope not as well, but, you, I mean, you can't live that way. Greg, thanks. Look, it, it's like, didn't Herbert come out the same year Tua came out? I think so. So, ever, like, it, it's sort of the Yurko mentality where if – if you deem, like you said, Drake May to be every bit, if not better, than Caleb Williams after the process, then you swing that deal. Just like the majority of the people going into the draft said tank for Tua. Tank for Tua. And th- that no one else in the like the general people who weren't scouting didn't think Herbert could be better than Tua. And then you always you always find Josh Allen or who who could be better. The first quarterback isn't always the best quarterback in that draft. So if you do think Drake May is the best prospect available, you can do what he's saying. Well, but but why would a team then give you a bunch of stuff if they believe that you believe that Drake May is that guy and you want Caleb Williams to begin? Well, with? Well, they may not know that. I mean, because then someone else could come up for 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 like again. There's just a lot of things that that could happen, but if you want Caleb Williams, you got to come up to number one. I, and I would say, if you want Drake May, you draft him number one. Whoever it is, that's what I would do. Oh, you would do. I you want you yes. want trade down? No, I mean, if, because maybe the other teams feel the same way as well. I'm with Waddle. Like you don't mess around with no, the quarterback you when you're picking number one. So if you if you deem Drake May, you're going Drake May one. I, that's what I okay. would do. Okay. Um, Tom in Park Ridge, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Tommy? Hey, how you doing? Good show. Thank you. Hi, Tom. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, there's there's absolutely no guarantees whether May ends up better than Caleb or not. But I know USC alumni have gone to just about every game, and and they think that if we don't take Caleb Williams, we're out of our friggin' mind. That he he has all the tools of a pocket passer, plus all the skills of a Mahomes. So that that's all I have to say is I'm a hundred percent on board for Caleb. Okay, there's Tom. Listen, I think there's an equal number of people that are in the other camp that will tell you till you know they're blue in the face that, and they they pass out that he's not the right guy for us. I mean, this is just. I think this is going to be like they're just this. not as triggered. That's probably true, but um, this is going to be. The, I think the part that you this, you should, as a Bears fan, I hope that amidst all of the angst, you do recognize that you are in an enviable position as a a fan of this franchise, because if you do move forward with the existing quarterback. He's better than a lot of guys that would be quarterbacking somebody else's franchise. If they decide to move forward, it could be exciting that you're going to have the number one. You're in a good spot. Yeah. And that's what I would hope at the end of the day would be the overwhelming feeling from this fan base. Pat Naperville, you're on ESPN 1000. What's up, Pat? Hey, how's it going, guys? Hey, um, I've been on the, the Justin Fields probably not great bandwagon when it's pretty small, and it's obviously gotten a little bit longer. I mean, we've been classified, obviously, as haters the entire time because never 
Pat's, uh, Pat's Pat, cell phone. Pat, yeah. You know what? Your cell phone's like a third round pick. Not the first pick oh, of the draft. I don't think a third. I think a lower. F- fifth round pick. You are definitely, that phone is not the first selection of the draft. It's a project. Project. I couldn't find the tweet. Someone tweeted me, too, also about the column, saying that Ryan Poles used Justin Fields to keep Bears fans interested. I don't know what that means. That through the rebuild, he used him. He had no interest in keeping him, and he basically just used him as, like, a highlight reel to keep Bears fans in their seats and, and to keep them like pacified I until disagree. he could get, like he, of course because first of all Ryan Pulse had no clue he would get the number 1 overall pick correct that's the only reason why they're in this position yes he wanted Justin Fields to show him that he could be there that was the easiest route that he could take it was the is best it, is, is, is if Justin Fields showed him he could be a star yes that was the best part we talked about that when the season kicked off the best possible outcome was was that Justin would would definitively prove that he was your guy going forward and make the decision for Ryan Poles. Yeah. Because then at that point, you can feel great about your quarterback situation and trade the pick. I don't believe that that's how it went with the Bears general manager. Yeah. Let's uh, get to Waddle's world. This is Waddle's World. And in Chicago, Tom Waddle. He can't run, he's not fast, but he gets open. Bears legend. Amazing. Nine career TDs in the NFL. He caught everything that was thrown and took every hit that they could give him. Tom Waddle. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? It's time to find out what's on Tom's mind. Is that why you're here? As we go inside Waddle's World. Oh, yes, Waddle's World brought to you by our great friends and partners at Wintrust Community Banks. They are Chicago's banks. Find your nearest Wintrust Community Bank. Visit Wintrust.com slash find us member FDIC. I think this conversation is probably as popular in terms of, of people wanting to talk about it almost as much as Get Up deals with the uh, Cowboys and their quarterback situation. That situation is every morning I wake up, I want an, I, I, I turn on the TV to see which Dallas Cowboy conversation they're going to have. And this one is always about Dak. And I think Bart Scott and Damian Woody today were talking about Bart Scott said he would rather have Justin Fields as the Cowboys quarterback if he was the head coach of the Cowboys versus Dak. And it was about a money thing and certain things. It's just, it's, it's Bart crazy. Scott said he'd rather yeah. have Justin Fields but than... But he said in context, he said, make sure that you're hearing me in context. Because Dak Prescott's contract is, you know, $56 million. Sure. I'll, make that, I'll, I'll make the trade today, one for one. Yeah. Uh, we'll take on the contract. Would you? With Dak? One for one? one Fields for, for one. Dak? I'd have to have a contract extension in place. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's other, there's other guys I'd rather have, but I'd do it. One for one, though. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. It's just funny. This is the time of the year where everything is... By the way, the Dallas Cowboys have lost their defensive coordinator. Uh, Dan Quinn is now your head coach at the Washington Commanders. Um, I didn't know Dan Quinn was only 53 years old. Just constantly made to feel older and older as time goes by. I thought he was a little bit older than that. Please remember... That Dan Quinn was also a coach with the Atlanta Falcons years ago that took them to the Super Bowl during the 2016 season. And a finalist here. Yes, he was here as well. He was 43 and 42 in his five plus seasons with the Atlanta Falcons. 
And now the reason I mention this is as we talked to Ron Rivera earlier in the week, Ronnie's name has been attached or was being attached to the Dallas Cowboys as a potential replacement as D.C. If, in fact, Dan Quinn got a head coaching job. And I believe that Ronnie also did Ronnie also interview you were saying, Tyler, with somebody else recently. I believe the Rams. The Rams also uh, brought Ronnie in to to uh, interview there as well. So wow, Sean McVay. Yeah. But uh, Dan Quinn is your next head coach with the Washington Commanders. I don't know. We, t- we didn't talk about this a whole lot yesterday. Seahawks obviously hired Ravens. D.C. Mike McDonald is their head coach. Uh, six-year contract for him. He's 36 years old and now becomes the NFL's youngest coach. He's half the age of Bill Belichick. I don't know if he's considered half the coach, but he's half uh, he's the age. He's got to prove it. I don't know about half the coach, but he was at Michigan. He was Jim Harbaugh's defensive coordinator at Michigan for a while. And then, obviously, John Harbaugh hired him to be the D.C. at the Ravens. And the Ravens' defense this year, if you're a fan of all the DVOA and statistical stuff with analytics, they were, this year in the, in the regular season, were one of the, the best defenses that we've seen in quite some time, several decades uh, there are a couple of gambling stories also that I felt were kind of interesting. I don't know if you saw this one about suspended NFL player Isaiah Rogers Sr. Uh, he was uh, the uh, cornerback for the Colts. Uh, in his first interview since being suspended by the NFL for betting on his own team, says that while bets were made from his account, this is the old, you know, my dog did it, I think. Oh, really? They were made for others and not for himself. Well, why, he why, said, why wagers, don't they take out an account? Wagers, including some smaller ones and a $1,000 prop bet, were placed from his online sports gambling account. He says they were made for people who lived in Florida where online sports betting at that time remained illegal. Bro, I, I play in the NFL. I can't make the bet for you. I know you live in Florida and you don't have an account. I'm in the National Football League. I can't do it. Just trying to help friends and family out, just knowing that it wasn't legal at the time in Florida and that it was in Indiana, he told ESPN. That, that, I told you the dog had his homework. That's even dumber than doing it in the first place. That's even a dumber excuse. <laughs> the end of the day, I knew the rules. I wasn't supposed to do it, and I got to take what comes with it. He was suspended on June 29th for violating the gambling policy. It was the same day he was Don't waived. Don't worry, I got your back. Yeah, sure. I would just I'll come out and say, career. you know what? I was just gambling on us because I thought we were good. Right. I don't know if that helped your cause or, or hurt your cause. Tyler and I were talking about this one. You remember the story about the guy who was betting on Alabama baseball games? Oh, yeah. What was this? Brad the assistant Bohannon, coach? The ex-Alabama coach uh, and the ex-Alabama. They are both sanctioned in a betting scandal. The former head baseball coach. Head coach. Yes, for the University of Alabama, knowingly provided inside information to a gambler who bet against the Crimson Tide in an SEC game last spring, the NCAA said today in announcing sanctions for both the coach and the school. Former Alabama coach Brad Bohannon, who was fired in May, failed to participate in the investigation into suspicious betting on an Alabama-LSU baseball game back in April. The NCAA found that Bohannon violated wagering and ethical conduct rules and received a 15-year show cause order. What were some of the what were some of the uh, the the email or the text messages, Tyler? That we so he was texting this guy saying whatever the pitcher's name, 
is out for sure. Let me know when I can tell LSU, hurry. So he because wasn't gonna, he was given information he to was this guy. He his starting pitcher. Yes, Bert Eugene Neff got the information from Bohannon and attempted to place a $100,000 wager on an Alabama game, but was limited to a $15,000 bet by the sportsbook staff, according to the NCAA. The bet was actually placed with the Bet G, uh, MGM Sportsbook at Great American Ballpark in Cincinnati. I remember that according part, According yeah. to gaming regulators in Indiana and Ohio, Alabama scratched its starting pitcher ahead of the game, which LSU won 8-6. to six. And as Tyler was saying... He tried to put down $100,000 on a college baseball game. That's this not going to get flagged. This is the best part, too. So... The person who was placing the bet, apparently, according to the sportsbook staff, had an insistent demeanor to get the bet placed and said to the staff that the bet was, quote, for sure going to win and, quote, if only you guys knew what I knew. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Boy, this is two dummies right here. These two stories. Then I believe, like, he shared the information with four or five other guys. believe, yeah, if I'm remembering correctly. And then... Was they have a list of messages he sent to all these guys, telling them to erase all of their all of their text messages and all of you know whatever their access was. Mm. What a dope! My God, it was crazy. Uh, by the way, this is an interesting story: new diaper spa, uh, spa where adults role play as babies. Oh, that's disgusting! It's called. ABDL, or Adult Baby Diaper Lover, is a diverse community with various individuals and their unique wants and needs. So adults go to this diaper spa and, like, go back in time. A new spa catering to diaper-wearing adults who want to role-play as young children has opened in a small town in Nebraska. I just I didn't know if you had any like vacation time coming up and you had, were looking for ideas. Oh, okay. First of all, I'm Alarming, offended by, by way, this. Alarming some local residents, by the way. I would, I would, I would think so. You straight fr- to jail with these people. <laughs> yes, all right, straight. do not pass go. Yes, this you, you is guys worse. Can, you this, guys can wear your diapers behind bars. This is worse than Disney adults. Like we we have. Trump Disney adults with this. What is Disney adults? It's the adults that are way too into like Disney World and Disneyland. They like, like cry Disney. when Goofy comes up and gives him a hug, stuff yeah. like that. This is worse. Yeah, the- you're pretending to be a baby? The diaper spa in Atkinson, New Hampshire says it is an age play friendly adult diaper spa to nurture and pamper all diaper lovers and enthusiasts in richly immersive experiences. The spa is a safe and judgment-free zone for visitors to camper themselves free. with snacks, playtime, story time, nap time, cuddle time, changing time, coloring, nursery rhymes, Who's and sing-alongs, changing that? according to its website. <laughs> I'm starting to sweat right now. Yes, I mean, about it. All right, which is one through three, which is the dumbest of the three stories you just read? The guy who tried to put down a $100,000 bet and flaunted it to everybody. Yeah. Uh, Who was the other one? Isaiah Rogers, 
uh, making the bet for his friends because they're not allowed to. This may shock oh, you, oh, but oh. he's in third place for me. Okay, yeah. No, you're, you're right. Second place oh, is the guy trying to bet 100 yeah. grand on a random and, and, Alabama and, and, baseball and game. And diaper adults. And diaper ag- adults is, takes the cake, so to speak, here. Would you like to know how much it costs? Probably not, but I'm going to tell you anyway. I, I Sur- couldn't even imagine. Let me try and guess here. Well, let me let me let me let, give you some pl- of the stuff. Let's all try and guess. Services okay. advertised include an adult's baby diaper lover nursery spa care. How about an hourly? Give me an, a, an hourly. Charge. An hourly rate? Yeah, hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, I was going to say a hundred. No, it's I'll too go, low. Um, you got to pay too more. Low? Too low. Too low. Yeah, two fifty. Nope. $300 an hour. Services advertised include an adult baby diaper lover nursery spa care at $300 an hour. Virtual play dates at how much an hour? What's a vir- virtual play date? You just let your mind go. Uh, well, that must be the next step up, or is that... N- virtual n- play dates. I guess you're probably on the other side of a computer screen having a play date with someone who's also in a diaper. It's disgusting. This is This disgusts me. This is going to be lower, though. A little bit. A little bit lower. Uh, $199. $200 an hour for a virtual uh, virtual play date. And an all-day premier spa experience for the little one inside of you, so to speak. You know, you're channeling your inner baby. The little one inside? What does that mean? Well, you're channeling your baby. Your oh, inner baby. That means you? Yeah. yeah. Don't, don't take it too literally. Like, you get all day. Premier spa experience. You, you get to be treated like I said before. What what do you get? Uh, you get judgment. It's obviously a judgment free zone for sure. Not here. Snacks, playtime, story time, nap time, cuddle time, changing time, coloring, nursery rhymes, and sing alongs. If you want the premier spa experience for the day, how much do you think you're going to have to pay? Five hundred dollars. Not even close. Oh, nine hundred dollars. Nope. You guys want to guess? Fifteen hundred. Fifteen hundred dollars. Jeez. For the premier spa experience. Is there an age, I guess, floor? You must be uh, this old to ride the ride. Oh, geez. I have to tell you, I'm so disgusted by all of this that I haven't even gone through the entire. I mean, what the germs in this place? uh, This is not a judgment free zone. This is this is a, a fully judged zone. Of all the things you're worried about, you pick germs as the number one. Well, thing. I mean, like think about the uh, yeah. I mean, uh, what what is your number one thing that you're that you're uh, in a that room you're of with psychos? a bunch of? Well, they're true yeah. too. Yes, but policies on the spa's website say, "quote Absolutely no sexual interaction is allowed, and clients are subject to a screening." On the National Sex Offender Database prior to booking appointments. Oh, now all of a sudden I feel much safer. Just means I haven't been caught yet. (laughs) I mean, like, I I, I guess I'm not shocked that there is something like this available, the diaper spa in Atkinson, New Hampshire. I guess I'm not surprised by it, but the diaper spa... I'm not sure what to make of it when I read oh, it. Oh, I, I know what to make of it. When I read it, it, it was a little bit... disgusting. Yeah. 
Well, I hate that, to, be, I hate that to be your. I hate that to be your story. Before we, uh, when we come back, I've got a, a good story, a good medical story for you. That's one of the all-time worst Waddles, Waddles World stories ever. That's what you're and, here and for. And maybe we can get some would you rather stories, uh, questions based on that. Hashtag at WS Would You Rather. Today's a Would You Rather Thursday. Send them to Tyler Aki. It's Tyler Aki underscore. And it's uh, also Kevbo is in for uh, Meller. It's Kevbo underscore. I have two medical stories when we come back. One good and one just as, well, you can judge it when we come back. Chicago's home for sports on Twitter at ESPN 1000. This is Waddle and Sylvie on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN Chicago. Everyone have time to uh, digest the uh, no. story before the break? I didn't digest that. All right, well, here's, up. here's a good story. Uh, Where's this from? Uh, it's from December 24th, so Christmas Eve. This past year, Alabama mom is one in a million delivering two babies from two uteruses in two days. 32-year-old Kelsey Hatcher welcomed two beautiful baby girls into the world. Uh, This says last week, but this was last month. Delivering, actually two months ago because it's February 1st. Delivering fraternal twins at the University of Alabama at Birmingham Hospital. But unlike typical twins, the newborns came from two separate wombs. She delivered her first baby at 7.45 p.m. on December 19th, followed by... Her first baby they named Roxy. The second baby they named Rebel. Delivered by C-section about 10 hours later. Her experience is what's known as dicavitary pregnancy. This is a pregnancy that is believed to be a one in a million occurrence. So, so this does happen. One in a million and both babies were born happy and healthy and everybody's okay. So a one in a million situation... We go from the, the adult diaper story to a, a, a pleasant story. A real baby story. About a woman who gave birth to two separate babies from two uteruses in two days. Mm. So, it's a just miracle. A, healthy story, a healthy and happy story, Roxy and Rebel. So, we'll see. I like the name Rebel because of that. Okay. The Rebel baby. All right. Um, here's another story. The U.S. syphilis epidemic is not going away, with a rate of infectious cases rising 9% in 2022 and rising in 2023, according to a new federal government report on STDs in adults. Now, there is some unexpected good news. The rate of new gonorrhea cases fell for the first time in a decade. Where is uh, syphilis on the power rankings of... Uh, oh, I don't think you want it. Venereal. Th- no, I, think I, it's at the top. I don't think you want any I, of it. I think it's... Well, is I mean, it, I think it, it's... I, I, I mean, yeah. Perne- it's, perennial powerhouse. You don't, yeah. This was, it killed people back in the days. And, the, and we haven't seen, this country hasn't seen syphilis numbers this high since 1950. Syphilis worse than gonorrhea? Oh, yes. Yes. Syphilis worse than herpes? I think for, I think it can, there's a, I think a mortality rate worse. Yes. I th- I'm not a doctor, but it's my guess. But we're talking about the highest count since 1950. Wow. This isn't Why supposed is to be... Ha- Just people not practicing uh, safety? Yeah. 
Uh, new syphilis infections plummeted in the U.S. starting in the 40s when antibiotics became widely available and fell to the lowest like in the late 90s. But we're back up there. You want to know why? People don't trust medicine. I, I think that, you know, sometimes stuff gets resistant to different stuff as well. You want another happy story? Uh, for the longest time, Billy Joel has a senior moment with his first single in 17 years. It's called Turn the Lights Back On. His return from his self-imposed songwriting retirement. He's back. I like Billy Joel. I would go to a Billy Joel concert. Well, why don't we go? He's coming to Soldier Field this summer. I, I thought he was done, too. And and I, he's he's coming to Soldier Field this summer, and I'm going. To, I, it's on my priority list. He's uh, here. He puts on a great show, but uh, he's, he I, wrote a new single. You're not you're not going to be here tomorrow, so I want to talk to you about something that I watched yesterday because I, I was going to put it on my watch to watch for, and Billy Joel was in it. Something I watched last night, and usually I don't. When it gets too late, I'll pause it and I'll continue it. I watched this thing hour and a half straight through, even though it got too late yesterday. I definitely will watch it. I watched three episodes of Slow Horses season three. I'm done with the series now. I've watched this week. I've watched season two and season three in the last four nights. So I'll tell you uh, coming up. Yeah. After we talk to Shams, I'll tell you about it. All right. So uh, Shams is going to join us. He's Chicago based. He's an NBA insider. He's a powerhouse. And um, what is he hearing regarding Zach Levine and trade stuff? Is there a possibility that he could get traded? Are the Bulls going to stand pat? And what what's all the controversy going around in the NBA with some of these new rules for uh, the awards and salaries? We'll talk to uh, our buddy Shams coming up next.